Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are doing amazing. Ooh, it has been busy lately. Do you feel like life has picked up for you? Because I feel like it's picked up for me. But anyways, we are talking self-love today. So this week, I am hosting and leading two workshops on self-love, and I'm really excited for them. I think it's a very timely topic, and it's always timely. It's always timely. There's no, like, you know, with Valentine's Day approaching, I think... Sometimes people think that, oh, well, women, you know, they need something to do if they're single or, you know, they're obsessed with Valentine's Day. But I don't I don't think it's that I I genuinely believe that self-love is something that we need a lot more of as individuals. And I genuinely this may sound very woo to some people, but I feel that if we operated and more more people in the world operated from a sense of self-love and loved themselves and truly felt amazing and positive about themselves, we wouldn't have so much negativity in the world and we would have more collaboration because you would want you want good things for yourself and because you want good things for yourself, you want good things for other people because how we treat other people is a reflection on how we feel about ourselves. But that's a separate conversation for another day, okay? Okay. And I was as I was plan as I was reaching researching for these work uh blah workouts. <laughs> I mean, self-love is kind of a workout though. It's a muscle you got to flex, but as I was planning for these workshops, not workouts and researching them, I had a moment to just sit down and thought to myself, what if we loved ourselves and pursued self-love the way we pursue romantic love? And that emphasis, self-love is something that I genuinely believe everyone could use more of and needs more of, but I feel the need for it is a lot more pressing in women Sometimes because of how we are socialized as women, especially in the West, American women. And not I'm not saying all women struggle with self-love, not by any means, but there is a concerted, there's more of a concerted effort for our society to pit women against each other and for women to consistently compare themselves to others and that constant comparison erodes and eats at our sense of self, our self-esteem, our self-worth and our ability to love ourselves. And men, like I said, this is something everyone struggles with. I'm sure there are men out there who struggle with self-love, but they are not socialized in a way that seems that is the goal. Because women, this comparison trap that we fall into what we tend to fall into as women is more insidious, not only because of how we're socialized, but because of societal norms and cues and the media. And I, I talk about this so much. Like if you've been listening to this podcast for any considerable amount of time or even following me on Instagram, you'll know and you'll see that I talk about this a lot because it's something that's so important to me. And maybe it's my line of work being in the fitness industry that I see 
how easy it is for people to fall into this trap of comparison. So I think this is, was just the synergy at work and the universe at work leading me to host these workshops because they know that these are things that I'm passionate about and they read about it and I research it. And I'm like, I want to share this message with other women because it's so important and it's so valuable. So the reason why I say synergy and the universe is at work though, is because I just started reading this book like literally last week, uh, 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do by Amy Morin. I believe it's Morin. I don't know how anyone would say that, but you never know. You look at names and people butcher them all the time. So Amy Morin, 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do. Get into it. It's a really good book so far. I'm about, I'm audio booking it. So <laughs> I'm about an hour and a half in and I'm really loving it so far. But right off the bat, I just felt like a connection with this book. And I didn't even pick it up because of the workshops that I've been planning. I purchased it about a month and a half ago at this point. And I was reading two other books at the time or listening to two other books. So this one finally came up in my queue. And again, just synergy and the universe at work, because as I've been reading it, She's been saying and thinking everything. Well, she's been saying it and she's like a therapist. So she has the language to apply terminology to these things that I don't have the terminology to do because, you know, I'm not a therapist. (laughs) I don't know the professional language. I just know what I think and how I speak and how I say things. But in the book, she brought up a really interesting fact. And I've talked about social media before about how it's something, it's a tool that women, predominantly women use. And I think that, well, it's not, I think, it's factually based that social media is one of those tools, one of those things that puts us against each other in this comparison trap because we're just looking consistently at people's highlight reels. And social media has gotten a bit more authentic. I'll say a bit more because it's still very curated and People are out there chasing an aesthetic, looking for an aesthetic. So it's something that's very curated still, but it's a little bit more authentic and more honest than it has been over the past few years. I will say that. But anyways, she brought up in the book that women tend to use social media, that is social media apps and devices and networks, et cetera, that are highly visual. So they're posting pictures, they're sharing their videos, they're sharing their stories about their own personal lives in a highly visual way. Women do this a lot more than men. And compared to women, men tend to use social media apps in the way, in a way that more so focuses on progress or job related, like LinkedIn, for example, you'll generally statistically find more men consistently using those types of social media apps over women. And like I said, she just said everything that I was thinking. And when you think about this, when you think about how social media was designed to be this highlight reel of people's lives, it seems like common sense, right? But I still don't think a lot of people get it or understand that link between what we're viewing on social media and how it can make us feel about ourselves. And ultimately, we have to be the ones to decide how we are going to let this impact us. Because the answer is not getting completely rid of social media. That's not the answer. The answer lies within ourselves in two different aspects that I think, I strongly believe contribute to increased levels 
of self-love, which is getting out of this comparison trap and it's changing our mindset. So I'm going to talk about both, but first I'm going to fall. I'm going to talk about the comparison trap and something that Maureen brought up in her book that again, that I think about, but I didn't have the language to say it was that when the, the comparison comes and the feelings of low self-worth or self-love or questioning ourselves and doubting ourselves and thinking we're not good enough comes from the judgments we place on these comparisons, these differences. We're all going to notice differences, right? We're not saying not to notice these differences, but what value are you placing on those differences? Because that's what's going to make us feel bad about ourselves. That's what is going to chip at our self-worth and our self-esteem and our self-love and how we feel about ourselves and how well we think we're doing in life and how much we're succeeding. And she brought up that it's natural to notice these differences, but instead of assigning values to them, like those ER words, like better, stronger, happier, prettier, all of these ER words we use to compare ourselves to other people instead of assigning value and and judgments to them and then making ourselves, like diminishing ourselves, why don't we instead approach those differences from a factual basis? Just noticing the differences. Like, hey, she's taller than me. Cool. I happen to be five, eight. (laughs) and you may happen to be 5'4", and that doesn't make me any better than you. It just means I'm four inches taller than you. And that's it. I'm very tall, by the way. (laughs) When I was younger, I used to, I didn't really like being taller than the other girls in my class, so I would kind of hunch. And it wasn't until like college, maybe the end of high school and definitely in college that I was like, being a taller woman is the shit. I really like this. And it's still a struggle to find pants, but for the most part, I like being tall. It's pretty good. I don't even say for the most part. I, I like it, period. I like being tall. And and that's just it, it, me liking being tall and you noticing that I am tall. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a literal difference. And that's it. We're not assigning any value based on that difference. It's just something that fact, factually exists. And I thought so, I've, I've been turning that around in my brain so much because it's something that's so, it seems so obvious, like talking about it and saying it, but I don't think we realize that social media, a lot of people, they realize social media is this tool, right? It's this thing that we, we're seeing everyone's highlight reel, but are we really like, contemplating that and understanding that that is just their life and we are not we we are all different we all come from a different set of circumstances Mess, what's meant for them is what's meant for them and that de- necess- doesn't necessarily mean that that's what is meant for you but that doesn't make you any less of a person and we shouldn't be assigning our value and our worth to other things people have and a lot of it comes down to not only society, how we're socialized. But as women, we are always compared to one another. When we see, just sit down and like look at images. Like right now, if you're a woman, like pause this or don't pause it rather, listen to it because it's awesome. But then have it in your brain, right? The next time you watch TV and then I want you to go and just be aware of the commercials. Don't fast forward through them. Seriously, sit there and watch the commercials and watch what is geared towards women. Makeup clothes, weight loss, fitness for the specific goal and purpose of weight loss. And so women, when we are being advertised to 
like 97% of the time, we're being advertised to, to change something about ourselves because we are, we, the, these cause, I've talked about this before, the cosmetic industry, it's a billions of dollar industry that thrives on women feeling like shit about themselves. Imagine if women loved themselves, how broke these companies would go. And I'm not saying that if you, you, you don't love yourself if you wear makeup or you don't love yourself if you're dieting or you don't love yourself if you want to buy fancy clothes or form-fitting clothes or exercise in terms of weight loss. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is that why are you doing these things? Are you doing them because they make you feel good, because you like them, it's fun for you? Or are you doing it because you feel like there's something about you that you need to change and you would look and feel better? There's that ER word again, better if you looked a certain way. And what is that certain way? Who is the per- who is telling you that that's what that certain way looks like and because it's better? Because men don't worry, have to worry about that to the extent that women have to worry about that. We're always consi- we're consistently comparing ourselves because we are for what? Because society tells us that we are the only things that matter are our looks and how we're showing up and we're presenting to the world and they've put this one narrow image of what perfection looks like or better looks like and we're chasing that like come on come on why are you letting that like get at you and eat at you like why are you letting that disturb how you feel about yourself because it's a chase You're never going to feel good about yourself. You're never going to love yourself if you continue to chase this because that ideal is unattainable. I was reading about this woman and she lost all of this weight and, you know, she got plastic surgery. She lost all this weight and she was like, I still didn't feel good about myself. And it's because you're working on these things on the outside. You're not working on you on the inside, who you are as an individual you're not pursuing who you are and what's making you feel good as an individual, what's making you love yourself. You're pursuing an aesthetic based on societal standards. And so as we, as I was planning this workshop and I was reading this book, I was thinking to myself that this is something that I absolutely want to talk about in these workshops, but I also want to turn this into an episode because these messages that we're receiving are so toxic and they're so damaging and they're not they're not good for us they're not good for us and on top of it not being good for us the second thing and the other half of this is that it really starts to affect our mental our mindset is also something that is prohibitive if we have a negative mindset it becomes prohibitive to that journey of self love we don't exist in a vacuum So we can feel a certain way about ourselves, but because we don't exist in a vacuum, something or someone is planting those thoughts in our head that eventually becomes our self-talk and the messages that we are sending ourselves. And the messages that we are sending ourselves are so important when it comes to establishing that self-love. And this one honestly is more important then I, I think falling into the trap of self-comparison and self um, and social media, this mindset, this is the more important one because when you change your mindset, you'll also change how you view and use, view, use social media. 
but then also viewed these comparison traps that were being these comparison traps and these messages that were being sent to by society once you shift your mindset you're going to be more aware of these things and you're going to fall less into these traps and this is why it's so 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 important to listen to the messages that we are sending ourselves and not only the messages that we're sending ourselves because that's important, but more important and just as, I wouldn't even say more important, just as important as the messages we're sending ourselves, we need to be so mindful of the people in our lives, the people that we keep around us. So our romantic partners, our friends, and you can't choose your family, but you can choose whether you talk to them or not or how much you let them into your life and into your space. And I'm not saying anyone kick your family aside, but what I am saying is that listen to the messages that they're sending you. And if they're not sending you good messages, if they're only there to be a a, a vessel of negativity and judgment, you don't need that in your life. You really don't. You need to surround yourself with people who want good things for you, who clap when you win, who are speaking life and love into you. Those are the types of people you should be surrounding yourselves with, not someone who's ready for a criticism when you feel good talking about, yeah, I crushed that workout or yeah, I did amazing on that test. Are they clapping for you or are they giving you bullshit? Are they are they saying something to diminish you or try and put you down? And and if they are, be very aware of those signs. And we see them. We know them. Like if you really sat down and vetted your circle of friends and your family and the people you keep around you in general, I bet you you could think of one or two people that are like this bitch or this dude <laughs> or this like whomever. You're like, they're a hater. Or they make me feel like shit about myself. And I don't want to feel like that. Get rid of them. And let me be very clear that I'm not saying that there isn't room in your life for people who challenge you to be better. But the people in my life who challenge me to be better, they speak life and they speak love into me and they want me to be better because they know I'm capable of greater and better. So when they're speaking to me, they're not trying to get their message across in the most caustic way as possible because I've talked a lot about people like this. People are like, I'm just keeping it real or I tell it like it is. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about your feelings. They just give a shit about Getting their message out there as caustically as possible to make you feel bad because they feel bad about themselves. You ever notice those keeping it real people? They don't got a lot of friends. They always got something negative to say. And they're generally miserable people. And they're miserable people because they don't love themselves. They, they're they so ready to cut other people down because that's how they feel about ourselves. Because remember what I said earlier, how we treat other people is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. So those keeping it real people, you don't need them in your life, okay? You can keep people in your life who want better for you and who are critical and who offer you feedback that you may not want to hear, but they're offering you feedback in a way that is digestible for you, that is marketed for you. They know how to speak to you and they want good things for you. And those people will become very clear as you are thinking about them, as you sit here and think about them. So you got like two projects after you listen to this podcast, okay? You got two projects. One, if you're a TV watching type of person, sit down and think about, watch the commercials and think about how a lot of the commercials geared towards women are based on body images or improving ourselves in some way so we become some ER. We have better, prettier, whatever. And then two, reevaluate the people in your life and see if they want good things for you. 
Those two things right there are a start to that self-love journey. And they change our mindset. And our mindset, once we change that mindset, once we shift from that scarcity mentality, thinking that we'll never be good enough, to that abundance mentality, we find that self-love because we start to treat ourselves better. We start to talk to ourselves nicer. Our thoughts become the soundtrack to our life. And they impact how we feel about ourselves. So, so much of self-love. So much of self-love, for me especially, is rooted in self-talk and my mindset. And I notice those days where I'm very hard on myself, where I'm like, oh, God dang it, Sasha, like, why, why did you do that? Or, you know, whatever. Those are the days I really don't like myself. And I always love myself, but I don't, I'm like, I don't like myself. And then I think about it and I'm like, what is that rooted in? Because we all have our days where we're looking at social media and we're like, oh man, if only I look like that, or if only I had that car, or if I only had that house. And it's like, no, water your garden where it's at and watch your own flowers bloom instead of wishing for someone else's garden and their flowers. We change our mindset. And when we change our mindset, we start to feel that self-love and that's just so that right there is so valuable and I want to leave you with a third thing also you got I'm giving you so much homework you're like I came here to be entertained I did not come here to have to work (laughs) the third thing if you are someone that uses social media and I do this every now and again I do this like once a month I will just view what who I'm following and if they're not someone that's putting positive positivity out there into the universe or they're speaking good things or, you know, they make me feel good about themselves or I, I feel great after scrolling their page. If, if I feel negatively after scrolling their, their page and if you find yourself falling into that comparison trap of someone's page or is feeling bad about yourself, just unfollow them. If after you look at their page, you don't feel good about yourself, unfollow them. It's simple. No one is owed followers or likes. You're not hurting them by unfollowing them. You're protecting yourself and creating a space where you can fully love yourself as you are. So now that I've given you all of these homework assignments, (laughs) if you are free on Saturday the 14th on my Instagram, uh, you can find the link in my bio. I'll come to my self-love workshop. It'll be great. It'll be 30 minutes. We're going to be meditating and then we're going to journal and then we're going to come up with an action plan for how we can move through this life with increased levels of self-worth, self-esteem, and more importantly, self-love. And I encourage you to come. I would love to have you. Or if it's something you want to talk about more, because I think this is so important and I think that we need to give, and we need to give everyone the tools but we especially need to give women the tools because women, we are so hard on ourselves for no reason. And I know the reason. We are very hard on ourselves because society is very hard on us. And I want us to get out of that mindset. I want us to get out of that mindset because society only thrives when we feel like shit about ourselves. So allow yourself to thrive, girl. Allow yourself to thrive. So let me know what you thought about this. If you're coming to the workshop, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram at the Sasha Whitney or drop me a voice note on Anchor FM. And until next time, peace out.